So uh, yeah, just kind of iterating, iterating, iterating up until today where we have gotten to a point where we are getting like pretty much constant like 60-70% open rates. Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve podcast. Here's your host. Hey, it's GQ here. Thanks for joining us on the How We Solve podcast. Today, I have with me Yuhan Karma, the co-founder of Chad Create, serial entrepreneur and startup expert. Welcome, Yuhan. Really excited to have you here with us today. Hey, thanks, man. Good to be here. Yeah. I, I remember we were just chatting about this interview, I think like a, a few weeks ago, and we're just like, you know, I know that you've been working so much on growth for your company, Chad Korea, and I figured this could be a really good talking point. And uh, I know you've been like going at it for quite some time now, haven't you? Like, I think you've been experimenting a lot with uh, with sales development over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're still very much uh, an early stage company and we're like figuring out our growth challenges. But uh, there are certain things that we have like kind of figured out to a certain extent, uh, cold emailing and kind of finding and reaching out to leads in a scalable way being one of them, which mm-hmm. I'm happy to talk about while kind of the other stages of the sales kind of process or funnel are still very much in the works for us. And like, I wouldn't say that we have figured those out yet, but we're okay. getting there. All right. That's super cool. Well, to give, to give an idea for our viewers and listeners to know more about you, could you share with us a little bit about your backstory? Yeah, for sure. So now I'm building uh, my second startup with my co-founder. We started off actually a couple of years ago together building our first startup, which was kind of like this uh, chat website builder for small business owners. It didn't really take off, but we did have the experience of kind of raising the first uh, funding, hiring some people, kind of the classic like kind of startup journey. And then in the end, we did manage to actually sell the product, the web hosting company, which was kind of cool. And then we were kind of in a position where we had to kind of figure out what to do next. So we started doing, uh, since we had experience in the chatbot space, and we started kind of doing like chatbot consulting for other companies and that kind of went really well so in a short amount of time like in six months we made quite a lot of money doing like this consulting type of business and from there we saw the need or like the uh the next product that we actually we got the idea for the next product that we want to build because we were like building uh, customer support chatbots for other companies and uh, we saw that like it's a pretty complex process today while if you had the right technology or the right tools kind of companies could build those themselves and specifically talking about like kind of customer support chatbots, usually what you need to do is like you need to analyze the customer support data of the company, then extract kind of what are the things that you can actually automate. And a lot of that work is like very manual, actually manually going through the uh, kind of conversation logs or chat logs or call logs or like customer support emails. And then once you have kind of done that and you have figured out, okay, these are the, let's say like 10 things or 50 things that you want to automate with the support bot, you need to kind of compile all of the data, put it into a machine learning model, train the machine learning model, then do all the kind of integrations with the customer support systems that the client has. And then you can like kind of launch the bot and then somebody has to actually monitor the bot, maintain it, train it, all that stuff. And usually the way the industry works today is like, you know, companies hire a consulting company to do that for them. And it's pretty expensive. It takes like three to six months to implement. And that's kind of actually like a good, good case. And what we are doing is like, we actually want to build a software. We have already like built a software that you could just kind of sign up, connect your existing customer support tool, then this being the first one for us. So you have like all the out-of-the-box integrations with your customer support stack. And then you just sign up, connect your support tool 
chat create tells you automatically like, Hey, these are the things that you can automate. You add the answers, you push the, turn the bot on and you're basically good to go. And any support manager can kind of build and launch and kind of manage the bots on their own without having to have an expensive consultant and do it for them. So that's yeah, what we're doing today. No, and I think that's a super fantastic solution. I, I think when we were, uh, when you we were starting out this time, but we were sort of partially training a bot before, I remember testing this out briefly and just saw how easy it was to just plug this in and get information based on, you know, the different kinds of chat intent that comes out. Because uh, we, I've been speaking with a few different other bot providers. And like you said, a lot of them are like, three to six months, you know, to kind of set up time. And I can understand why, but it's also not a very quick solution or fast solution, or I don't know, maybe even efficient solution for, you know, e-commerce stores, you know, let's say if they just want to get started, you know, they maybe have some volume, but they just don't see enough traction just for them to bring on an enterprise level chatbot. I think that's a really cool niche that you're filling. Yeah, exactly. Like what we've seen also as well, like talking to uh, Zendesk partners and talking to a bunch of companies is that uh, they want to try out chatbots and they know the technology is there. But right now, kind of their options are basically like hire a consulting company that is like, you know, first year fee starting from $50,000, you know, six month implementation time just to figure out whether this is going to work for them or not, which is like, you know, way too much. So what they really want is like some kind of a software or tool that they can basically get their hands dirty with. And this is exactly what ChatCreate is for them. No, that, that, and that is super yeah. cool. And in fact, because this is a very interesting niche that you're feeling. So just to give you a little backdrop, which I think we spoke about this before the show anyway, um, you know, on this podcast, we talk about different solutions like experts like yourself have come up with to tackle the problems that you face. So maybe you could share a little bit about the problem that you solved uh, at Chat Create when you were, you know, you know, in this niche and how did you figure out your way to kind of grow and, and find customers along the way? Yeah, yeah. So... One of the things that kind of comes from the limitations or the kind of functionality of the software for us is that like when we first launched, we integrated first with like Zendesk chat because we had like the most customers signed up for that software. So the goal for us was like, okay, we need to talk to companies that are using Zendesk already so that we can integrate into their system and they can start using our software. So it was like, okay, how do we find these companies that are using Zendesk? And what we did was like at first we looked at all these like just, you know, different online tools that you can use to kind of check like what sort of software the company is using, like, you know, intercom, Zendesk, Google Analytics, all that kind of stuff. And uh, like, for example, built with, and but what we saw though, it was that like, actually when you like pull these lists, they're first of all, like kind of expensive and the data is very often incorrect. So you would pull like, let's say like thousand companies. And then out of those actually only like 200 would be using Zendesk, using these kind of online tools available. So what we did was actually we uh, first like just downloaded a list of like top 1 million websites in the world. It was quite outdated actually. It was like uh, from 2013, I think, but it was freely available. So we just downloaded that one, built our own kind of custom uh, Python script that scrapes those websites and then tells you like which ones are running the Zendesk script on their website or not. And we found that like, that data is like way more accurate. So if we would uh, run a script on like, let's say like 100,000 websites, then it would return like 2,000 websites that are actually running Zendesk. And then once you like validate it or like check it, the other challenge for us was that like we were only, we only wanted to approach companies that are already using Zendesk chat, which is kind of part of the Zendesk whole product suite. And like companies might have like, for example, using only like Zendesk support, but not using the chat product. So we had to actually kind of manually validate that, but that's already like pretty easy compared to like, you know, uh, the initial research that you have to do, like otherwise checking websites manually. So yeah, the uh, Python script kind of tells you that, okay, these thousand websites run some sort of a Zen script on their website. And then you just like check them and you're like, okay, uh, 800 of those actually runs in this chat as well. 
And then uh, same one with Dirt first. So yeah, like once you have those companies, you're like, okay, we have these domains. We know that they are using Sendit Chat, so they could potentially be kind of qualified customers or uh, some qualified customers. So it's like, okay, how do we reach out to them? So um, at first, I think we were just a kind of using LinkedIn to find people in that comp in those companies. Very time consuming and uh, not efficient at all. So we, uh, for somebody, I found out like about Apollo.io, which is kind of a pretty cool tool where you can just like upload a bunch of domains and it uh, kind of returns you the companies and the people that work in those companies, all their like contact information, different titles, all that stuff. So you just can kind of filter for those. And it's very easy to uh, kind of get the contact information of people, their verified emails, all that stuff. So that was pretty cool. So now we had like the contact information and the email addresses and it was okay. It's time to kind of reach out to them. So started using like cold emailing, <laughs> which is kind of interesting because uh, I had never really done cold emailing that scale before. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, like at first I think, uh, yeah, I tried like some, some sending something out and then the return like results were really bad. Like I would send like, you know, a batch of like 40 emails and then there would be like 20% open rate and 0% responses, like oh, no responses at all. Uh, that was pretty bad. <laughs> so one of, one of the things I did though, is like, I found this, um, YouTube channel, Alex Berman, I think my co-founder recommended it to me. So like for two days, I was just watching his videos, like on how to do cold email. <laughs> and uh, I just started like basically like testing around and playing around, you know, different subject lines, different email copies. And I went within like two months through like, I think 10 or 20 rounds of iterations and every time getting a little bit better. So, you know, first kind of trying to test for subject lines that work and just sending out like batches of like, you know, 30, 40 emails. And then just kind of just tracking like what are the open rates or what are the response rates. At first it was yeah, like open rates would get better, but then the responses were like not interested, uh, don't email me, all that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, just kind of iterating, iterating, iterating up until today where we have gotten to a point where we are getting like pretty much constant like 60, 70% open rates and like 20% response rates with the first follow-up. So that, that's kind of pretty cool. Yeah, I think that one of the best working copies for us, and it works not only for like us, but like some other like uh, email things we've done as well, is like you just kind of ask people like, hey, I was checking out your company, you know, would like to talk to the person responsible for your Zendus chat channel, for example, you know, can you help me get in touch with that person? And usually the responses are very positive. So yeah, that, that, that works for us pretty well. No, I, I think that's that's pretty amazing. And I think you did this within the span of like a few months because I remember we talked about this uh, when I was still based out of Asia for a bit. I think it was like Q2, was it? Q2 in uh, this year? I think sometime in... Yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, it was. Well, I mean, it's just amazing because when we, when we talked about this a few times, and I thought to myself, "Wow, I, I really have to get you on the show to share this," because not a lot of people, I think, can get this kind of results very quickly. I think, it, like like you said, a lot of different kinds of iterations, a lot of different tests, kind of figuring out what kind of email copy works for you. And I think you kind of hit it on the nail then, mm -hmm. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, of course. Like, there's you know other problems that come up in your sales funnel that you kind of have to like, solve as well. Of course, we didn't know that, for example. We can only actually have customers that use like Zendesk chat enterprise plan for the chat product in order for them to be able to use our product because you need to be on that plan in order to use a real-time conversations API and all that kind of stuff. So now we're trying to incorporate all this like kind of validation before we have a you know demo call with the customer. But you know, these are kind of the next steps. So we're just kind of trying to go like step by step, like first, like you know, how do we even get in touch with like potential customers to like getting them to you know, be at least somewhat interested to starting to like qualify them, get more interested, uh, all this stuff.
That's very cool. And, yep. and you mentioned before that you build out your own custom Python script, right? So how, how long did that take you? Like, the, what, because uh, did you already know how to code or did you get someone else to do uh, yeah, it? Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't build it myself. My co-founder built it. But I think he pulled a kind of a sample script from GitHub or something like that from some like online resource and then just like kind of adjusted it to our use case. Basically. All right. Super cool. So guys, if you're listening, um, yeah, you can get your Python script from GitHub. So it's, it's there <laughs> if you need it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it took him like a less than a day to kind of make that. So there you go. And you're on your way to, yeah. on your way to growing your business. Mm -hmm. No, but, but that's pretty cool. And, and so kind of like, I think you've evolved your tech stack, uh, ever since from that point. So kind of like what's in your sales stack at this point when you're, you mentioned you use Apollo.io, you know, what else is in there right now that, uh, if you wouldn't mind sharing that, you know, you're yeah, doing sure. for email uh, and so, so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. Right now we're using Apollo.io for kind of finding leads and, uh, you know, checking that like, you know, what's the company revenue that getting the contact information, getting the right titles, all that stuff. Then we extract mm -hmm. that information and we have to like check for each company also like whether they're using Zendesk or Zendeschat or not. So sometimes we do that before that we put the leads into Apollo. Sometimes we do that after we have pulled a certain kind of segment from Apollo. And then once that's done uh, and we have the emails, we right now use close.io for sending all the emails. So we just like upload the leads there. We have the email sequences there and then we just like send it out. It's very simple for us. So we just like upload the leads and we have... Uh, right now, like the first outreach, and then like if somebody doesn't respond after three days, we have one follow up as well, and then we don't email them anymore. I tried like you know four emails, and oftentimes you get recommended like, hey, you should have like I don't know seven emails before uh, you know follow ups before you kind of stop emailing those people. For us, what I saw is like when I had like four follow ups, people would just start responding like, hey, if I was interested, I would have already responded. This is annoying. Don't do that. So. This is kind of, that was like majority, like there was nothing kind of good that came out after that third follow-up anyways. So I just kind of stopped doing that. Maybe the follow-ups were not good and maybe we have to work on that. But um, yeah, for us, it seems that like the optimal amount is like, you know, one follow-up and that works very well. Okay. So there's that, uh, Close.io. And then right now we also use Pipedrive for like kind of once somebody has uh, expressed some sort of interest for like tracking those leads through the sales funnel. So like, you know, the demo, qualifying, negotiations, all that stuff, proposals, and, you know, up until the point when they turn into paying customer. Super cool. And kind of coming back to the topic about the follow-ups in your email drip campaign, um, have you, because uh, this is a very interesting thing that you brought up, like as to whether or not after the first or second follow-up that it's kind of like, uh, you know, like stop, you know, stop emailing me or versus like, okay, hey, maybe no one's going to reply. Have you tested a, a, a campaign before where it's kind of like the follow-ups that you said is more content driven versus like uh, kind of like touching base to get a contact? Because uh, so, so just uh, to give a little bit of context. So we, we've seen like certain things like uh, I've, I've had a chat with some of some of our uh, co-founders where they offer some form of content that you've created on your site, for example, and then kind of like, Hey, I thought this might be interesting for you. Please check it out. I'm not sure if you've tested something like that before. Yeah, we haven't tested it out. And this is something we want to do as soon as we kind of get more, more content out there. And then we can start also sending it to potential customers. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a very good point. Uh, we haven't tried it, but we probably will do that soon. Oh. That's super cool. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. I just I just decided to see if you if you, if you check that because yeah, it's, it's just very interesting to see how kinds of different strategies work for different people. And I think it doesn't just even uh, like I don't think it's like a general thing where you can say okay, everyone should send content and their follow up, and therefore you'll get you know like a reply. It's, it, it can even just go like oh, it really depends on kind of like the niche and the people that you're speaking with. So like the results are always so varied. And yeah, it's just crazy. Mm -hmm. Interesting thing is that. Um, I read somewhere that like, you know, you should have uh, the first line of the email kind of be very like highly personalized. 
when you're reaching out to different people. So I tried actually doing that and it like didn't have any like positive impact on the outcome for me, uh, oh. for, or like for our audience, which is kind of interesting. Might be that the personalizations were not that good, but like, you know, you check their like LinkedIn, see if they have like published something, that kind of stuff. And, you know, try to like refer back to it or like, you know, congrats on the promotion stuff or something like that. Yeah. Like didn't have any positive effect at, at all. And like, I was testing like hundreds of different kind of variations of those. So yeah, that's kind of an interesting finding that for us at least. No, yeah. No, it's just like, you know, company, company name and first, first name. That's it. Like all of the, that's kind of all of the personalization that we have in the email. <laughs> Yeah, no, but and that that totally makes sense. Yeah, and I think it just like like said it really changes because some you know there's so much emails going around right now. It's just like how do you kind of like cut your you know like cut through the noise? And some people are suggesting you know uh, the personalization, like you said, could go past like oh maybe he or she you know has attended this event. You kind of bring up as a talking point, or you know he or she has uh, posted a uh, piece of content on LinkedIn, and you're like interacting with that and just kind of following up from there. I think there's just so many levels of personalization that you could be doing today, but it just I think, like you said, it requires so much more time just to make sure that it gets through. And so there's like a really good mix of how much should you personalize, how much of it is really, you know, for the quantity that you're reaching out to and just kind of testing strategies that work. Yeah, I think the other thing is that like if the thing you're trying to offer to the potential customer is actually relevant and like if you send an email that just kind of gets to the point like, hey, this is what we want to do. We want to help you reduce the amount of kind of repetitive tickets that your agents deal with and like help save them time that's what this is about. And if that kind of resonates with them, then it doesn't really matter like whether you have that much personalization in there or not. If they're interested, they will let you know. If not, then they will also let you know. Uh, I, I, yeah. That's great. No, I, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Straight to the point, yeah. direct. That's very cool. Now, if, if we had to kind of like summarize like the basic steps. So imagine today, let's say if, I, if, I'm, a, if I'm a founder or, or like a, a sales, you know, like a sales professional in the company, uh, sales, uh, I don't know, you can call it an SDR or a sales manager. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to get started. You know, what are the like the steps that I could emulate what you did? Like what, like if you had to outline it in like three or five steps. Yeah, it's actually pretty simple. So if you know who you want to reach and like what your message is, just like, you know, go to Apollo or LinkedIn sales navigator, maybe like Apollo, you know, pick out the people that you want, choose like, you know, the regions, the company size, number of employees. You can like get very detailed in Apollo, which I love. Then, you know, just email those people, like, you know, email maybe like 10 people, see if your message works, start the conversations. And then, yeah, like you can just go from there. So yeah, like that's what I would do. Like pick out a sample, sample, sample set that I want to reach out to, send them an email, see if it works. If it doesn't work, change something, try again uh, with different people and just kind of go from there. Yeah. It's like, it's so easy to send kind of or start these like, conversations at scale and like figure out what, which, which kind of message works, which doesn't instead of like, I don't know, like manually look for people on, I don't know, LinkedIn or something like that, and then manually pull each person's contact and, and then hope that the email doesn't bounce. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. Okay. Now let's say if, uh, if I wanted to learn more about sales development or cold email marketing, what are the books, tools, or resources that, you know, you can, you can recommend for us to check out? Yeah. I think I would recommend like the Alex Berman's, uh, YouTube channel. I think that's been the, the most helpful resource that I've seen. Also, Close.io has a very good log and like the daily updates content on that on kind of cold email is very good. So these are my two go-to resources, I think. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Do you have a personal mission statement for yourself? 
<laughs> build cool things and uh, make sure, kind of try to be useful. <laughs> no, I like that. And I think that that's, that's, that's very simple and straight to the point. So yeah. very, very in line with your marketing yeah. strategy as well. <laughs> yeah. Just trying to build something that's kind of useful for other people. That's very cool. No, in fact, I, I think like if I were to, uh, if I remember reading the vision for uh, Chat Create, it was like making work meaningful. Was that it? Making yeah, work more meaningful. meaningful work. Yeah. Yeah. Making meaningful work. And uh, what's that? Um, auto, not, not automating conversations, but like simplifying conversations and like, you know, so that people can actually just like uh, focus on the actual quality and delivery versus having to, you know, worry about too many things. I, I don't know. Maybe I got that wrong. Cause yeah, yeah, there's like two sides to it. Uh, like the customer support agent and the customer. So if you look, look from the customer support agent side, kind of the situation today is that like, you know, if you have live chat active or chat, like oftentimes they are like having to, talk like to 30 customers at the same time. Some of them are like as simple, like, Hey, how can I reset my password? And somebody actually has like a real problem that is pretty complex. Like I don't know, their account has been blocked or something like that. And they need to kind of deal with that. And now if you're a support agent and you have a constantly like 30 chats going on, you're just like, you can't like handle that kind of volume. So what happens is you become maybe like rude to the customers. You don't give the full answers. You don't have the mental capability to actually kind of go into each customer's problems, relate to the, to the issue and kind of figure out the solution because you have so much going on at the same time. So what we really want to do with ChatGrid kind of help like remove this repetitive workload part of your work so you can like focus really on the customers that need your kind of human attention rather than respond to, you know, five tickets saying like, you know, hey, go here to reset your password or like this is how you submit the refund request. So that's, that's kind of side of the equation. And the other side of it is like, you know, customers are expecting faster and faster solutions to their problems or to their questions. So what you can do with chat rate and with these like chatbot technologies, is uh, if you use them right, you can make sure the customers get the answers faster while anybody who has a more complex issue gets like transferred to a human agent ASAP and gets also their answer to the question faster. Okay. Well, you've heard it from the co-founder straight from the person. Yeah. So from the source now, now if someone wants to connect with you or, or, uh, you know, with regards to sales development or chat creator, what's the best way to contact you? Yeah. You can ping me on LinkedIn or, uh, email me on chatcreate.com. All right. Sounds good. Well, I think that wraps it up for our episode. Thank you so much for your time, Johan. And I think your insights are going to be of so much value to our viewers and listeners. Yeah. Happy to be helpful. Thank you for tuning in and subscribing to the How We Solve podcast. Is your e-commerce growing so fast that you can't keep up with supporting your customers in real time? Serve them better in any time zone and language. They will thank you with higher conversion rates and repeat purchases. We build and manage your own dedicated customer experience team of live chat and support agents. Get started today. Visit ltvplus.com. That's ltvplus.com. Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.